Hey, toy fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Toy Lines Podcast. This is Ian Westhoff, and with me as always... Tommy Romero. How you doing, Tom? All right. It's a great day to be a He-Man and the Masters of the Universe fan. And why is that? As I show my weak muscles. Oh my god, everything's coming out. We, we got prequels, we got comic talk, new figures, kids books. I mean... You candy bars. Coffee. Candy bars. Coffee. Who would have thought? He-Man has coffee. Got to stay awake. Um, actually, this makes me think of something. So, when the prequels came out, no, it had Star been... Wars. Yeah. So thank okay. you. Yeah, yeah. When, when Episode 1 came out, it had been, I think, like 16 years since the Star Wars movie. Okay. Give or take, we'll say. And... Before episode one came out, we did have new toys coming out. It started with the Bendems, and then Kenner started putting stuff out. Right. And people were collecting for a while. And then episode one came out, and it was overkill. They just put out too much merchandise. Um, or it was the fact that people didn't like the film, or it was maybe a combination of both. And a lot of it wound up sitting on shelves. Um, I, I think maybe they thought that... People were going to be like right away collecting it because it's a new Star Wars movie and you know, probably Kenner cells were good at the time. Okay. With that kind of thinking in mind, do you fear as a He-Man fan that there's too much coming out at once? Or a lot of people have been speculating about that. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that not too much at once, but because I don't think, I don't think it's oversaturated. Okay. I'm still waiting for to see what they do with multiverse or um, the new one. Uh, I'm just going to call it uh, Masterverse, excuse me. So I'm excited for that. I'm going to see how that does. But the big thing is right now, just trying to get kids into it. Because let's face it, I mean, everyone's said it. Kids it's... aren't buying Origins. You know, uh, we are. You know, the collectors are. Mm. But I am excited to see stuff, stuff on the shelves. Yeah, it's sure? it's all good. Um, I'm not a huge Origins collector. I, I'm actually I love these guys, the minis. Oh, those are cool. Yeah, I yeah, so. yeah. I mean, right now, you know, they're inexpensive. They're you know part of He-Man, in my opinion. Inexpensive is nice. So and yeah, and you always want to support the line as well. You know, okay. just do your yeah. little share, even though if you know. Like, Origins isn't really my cup of tea. I have my vintage collection. But uh, I am looking forward to Masterverse. I want to see what they look like. You know, apparently it's going to encompass everything Masters of the Universe. You know, the comics, action figures, vintage, 2000X. You know, I, I'm just, right now I'm looking forward to seeing stuff we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. And that's what they're trying to promise us. Whether or not they deliver, who knows. Who owns the rights to the live-action movie? Warner Brothers, I believe. Oh. That has not been re-released at all, has it? Is it on DVD currently? Is it? Yeah, it's on Blu-ray. There's a Blu-ray. It's on Blu-ray. Yeah. Is it a lot of extras? No. Mm -hmm. Just straight-up well, film. That's it. All right. Warner Brothers. Like so, when we were talking to the great William Stout on, on this incredible <laughs> podcast called Rocketeer Radio. He mentioned uh, we got into talking because I guess, I don't know, I produced it, that particular episode. 
and I entered into a conversation with William Stout, who hopefully will come back. Very nice guy. Incredibly nice. I mean, the man is, he's a gentleman. He's cinematic royalty at this point. I mean, the man is beyond a historian. Anywho, we, we got into talking, we were talking about, you know, why isn't there something with extras? And, and I mean, apparently there was a lot cut. So, so yeah, so we'll get into that. Maybe if one day. the, uh, but yeah, I mean, more product. I'm, um, I'm all good for like, like pixel Dan's book, the toys of He-Man and the masters of the universe, which I got my, my shipping uh, notice. So it is coming soon. It will be in my hands, both books. If everything sells well, maybe they will put. A, well, I mean, are DVDs even bought anymore, or Blu-rays? No, but everything even is streaming. The, yeah, even on the cloud, it'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you know maybe um, HBO Max will put it on to watch. Possibly. Yeah. Poss- you know, I've been watching some stuff on that. Um, watched just recently, My Blue Heaven, great classic mm-hmm. film, and I would like to watch the Masters movie again. I think I've only seen it like once or twice. You can get it on Netflix, Amazon. The live action? Yeah. It's on Netflix? I don't know about Netflix. Amazon definitely. Okay, yeah, that's the one I don't have, but um Okay, so it's it's it is available to be watched. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you don't really feel then that you're not too afraid right now of no nope. kind of I'm excited. Um I'm really curious about revelations. Well, you know, I guess Netflix cartoon. I guess it's but good that there's stuff coming out. Here's what bugs it. me, though. Now check this out. So they just announced they're making a live action movie, Mattel and and a movie company, based on Rock'em Sock'em Robots, starring mm-hmm. Vin Diesel. Now, how come everybody can get behind something like this, but yet? But didn't they make that movie with Hugh Jackman? Yes, real steel. That's exactly what I've been, you know, thinking this whole time. How come they can't put this much push behind Masters of the Universe? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, it's been in lim- it's been in movie limbo hell for for quite a while right now. But you know what? I'm okay with it. We have the Dolph Lundgren movie. I just want to see a great show from Kevin Smith and his crew. And if for some reason he can't provide that, maybe it's time to pass the baton to somebody else. But I'm very hopeful. I think this is going to be a great show. So I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Say whether it's successful or not. Okay. Say within five years. Right. I'm going to say five years. The, the He-Man kind of dies out for a while. And okay. you're going to have your collector still. You know That's not going to disappear. No. Then... You're around my age. Let's say you're a grandfather. Right. And suddenly, who's ever in charge of uh, Mattel reboots it and puts out the movie. And a I was new like, movie? Yeah. So, like, you're a grandfather. Okay. Right. And they're, Playing with that, my King He-Man. Right. You're a King He-Man, actually. And they're going to re- they're gonna finally make that live-action movie. How do you feel about that? If it happens, of course. Because... That's fine as long as it's. Would you be ha- Would you be happy? Or? As long as it's good, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm still holding my breath for King Conan. Uh, it seems like, um, 
Because I'll never forget that, that last scene in, from Conan the Destroyer. He's sitting on his throne with his crown just, just chilling for another for another story to be told. It seems like a lot of the times things eventually get rebooted again or returned to. Um, so, see, that's weird though. I don't. I don't like reboots. Uh, maybe we don't even I know call I'm, it a reboot, but yeah, you know, like, I know I'm old, but I just. But here's the thing. So, like, if some if something was popular, but it's at the point now where the entire cast and crew has passed, and they they're making a new a, a, they're gonna make something. Right. I mean, I don't know if we can we should whatever the word is reboot a new version. Here, all right. Here's the thing. I was thinking about this the other day. So we got another Indiana Jones coming. And you know, Harrison Ford, of course, is coming back. Right. And, and we cannot picture, at least I can't, anybody else playing Indiana Jones as Har- other than Harrison Ford. We can think about Tom Selleck. We can never technically know if he would have been good or not because we already have Harrison Ford in there. Right. So while that is like that, and, and just like with Robert Downey Jr., no, he's Iron Man, always um batman we've had how many people play batman <laughs> have you seen this i have not but i see it's on our news list um this is true that's awesome who paid for that that's what, what i want to know it's the same so cool. people that wanted to bring back the snyder cut interesting so for our audio listeners we're looking at an actual billboard that's in los angeles right now that says Bring back Tony Stark. Hashtag bring back Tony Stark to life for 24-21. And it says up top for a beloved hero, please bring back. Yeah, that that would be really cool. It would. But so Robert Downey Jr., he's been wishy-washy. He's kind of saying that he'd come back in some capacity. Right. So I didn't mean to throw you off, but you just... You lit that up. It's an interesting point because, like, if you brought him back, would that take away from his um, sacrifice in Endgame? Yeah, same thing they do in the comics. I, I, I don't know. I, you know, if it, maybe it's Stark from another universe. You know, I don't know. I can you do uh, as if he's some kind of mentor to Spider-Man in holographic form, possible, or do a film that I want to see him in What If. That's what I want. Do a what if version. Do a version sort of like they're doing a Black Widow that even though she's dead, it's something that's, you know, previous that we're just finally seeing. I would like to see him in uh, Armor Wars in some capacity. Well, that is... Even even a cameo. Yeah, and that's supposed to be coming out through uh, the MCU yes. um, sometime down the line. But um, getting back from... No, that's yeah. right. Yeah, get back to your original so, point. So, you know, like Downey... To me, I can't see anybody else playing that. I I, I can't, you know, I, I he's just perfect in that role, right? But yet, Batman through the I mean, geez, from the movie serials, but just in our lifetime, we've had Adam West, we've had Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, uh, Christian Bale, what's the new guy, Robert Pattinson, whatever his name is. Yeah, Twilight. Right, Twilight. So why is it that certain characters? can't have different actors in it. Like Superman 
to me is always going to be Christopher Reeve. Right. And as good as um, Cavill. Cavill was. Oh, and yeah. And Ralph, yeah. I thought Ralph was fine. Ralph, yeah. But it didn't look like, you know, it wasn't Superman to me. And for my father, it's George Reeves. Um, wow, that's interesting. Okay. You know, like for my father, Batman like is kind wasn't, of. He wasn't razzle dazzled by the Christopher Reeve movie. Huh? I don't even know if you saw it, to be honest with you. Wow. Um, but you know what's funny now that you bring that up? But. I mean, he's a kid in the fifties watching it. That's one reason. Like, yeah, but we grew up watching Adam Rerun. West reruns. Reruns. What's a rerun? But yet, but yet our Batman. Our Batman is, is Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Now, um, yeah. So grew up definitely watching the reruns. I mean, that's one of our first introductions to Batman live action was really Adam West. And I, as a kid, especially back then in the eighties. We didn't know, you know, just it was Batman, you know, we liked the theme song. Oh, yeah, um, that was it. Like, like back then, we, Adam West was it. Like, yeah. who would have thought, you know, there'd be a live action movie? Now, when I remember in 89, well, yeah, 89, right before the movie came out, everybody's, you know, up in arms that Adam West wasn't playing. And I thought that was absurd that they were like ups- upset that it wasn't Adam West. Um, even as like a 14 year old, I'm like, kids got a break. I mean, we didn't even see the movie yet. And I was psyched for Batman. I, I cannot tell you. Um, if I could go back and relive that summer, oh man. Um, yeah, it was a crazy song. It was great. It was, it was Brian Adams needs to sing a song the summer of 89 because that's my, that was my life back then. But um, it was kind of like you walked into the theater and there's Adam West and you walked out. And there's Michael Keane and Adam West is just sitting there kind of like homeless, like, you know, please. But it is interesting, though, how some characters can be cast over and over. And it, it, but it doesn't really bother you, you know, like, oh, Christian Bale's playing Batman. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, yeah, Led just playing the Joker. I can get that. Oh, cool. You know, so it's interesting. Um, I don't really know where my point was going with this, but I think eventually when they re- do another version of He-Man, whether it's. 10 years or five years or 20 years or somewhere down the line, you know, it, it's kind Are of like, you asking if I can accept another one, another person other than Dolph Lundgren. Um, I wasn't, but I am now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, the last guy that they announced, who's apparently no longer attached to it. It was uh, a young, young guy. Cent- too, right? Centino or, or something. Yeah. I did not see a he-man when I looked at him and there's no offense to him. He just didn't, bring out he-man to me i know he didn't even look like adam to me yeah and i think it's a tough role to cast in a way because you need some you, jack dude. you need an unknown bodybuilder yes is basically what it comes down to yes now i mean look look at schwarzenegger when when they created conan i mean prior to that he did what pumping iron okay. yeah now that's a good point so unknown definite because in a way, you don't have an. Um, if he's you can sign him for three movies right off the bat. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing. First, if he's unknown, you have nothing to compare him to, and and you have nothing to say. Well, he was good in this and this. Second, you can sign him, but if the movie doesn't perform to the studio's money right. making, you know, Bill Campbell was signed for a trilogy. But Disney decided not to go forward with the trilogy right. for the Rocketeer. 
but still, um, unknown. I, I agree. That was Bill Campbell's first movie, Rocketeer. Um, so I think an unknown person to play human, I think that's the way to go. I do ask you, and, and I don't know if this is just me because I'm not a big knowledgeable person when it comes to, to mess with the universe. Should Adam not be scrawny, but unmuscular? And when he becomes human, be, be muscular? Or is that a personal opinion of people? What do you think? I'm personally, I'm a filmation guy. I have no problem. And people look at Adam in the filmation as like, oh, all he did was change his clothes and get a tan. I mean, all Superman does is put on glasses. That's exactly my point. All all Clark did was... I'm yeah. Oh my no. God, it's Superman. I can, back live, on. I can live with that. Some people prefer the 2000X where Prince Adam was much younger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of the my, Captain Marvel Shazam dynamic. I think that's too much if he's younger. Right. Or like Lino, I think, I think like that. Well, no, Lino grew up. Lino's always Lino. Oh, I don't know what I'm thinking. Sorry, folks. <laughs> but um, He-Man, I mean, like I said, I don't mind it. Like, even in the 85 uh, live-action movie, I was like, I just wanted to see Dolph Lundgren in, you know, royal you clothing. See, you didn't see Adam, though, right? Not in the movie. No, he was always He-Man. Okay. So, if they did a movie and... They if had- they did a He-Man movie, <laughs> these are the things I want to say. Toy accurate, not 100%, obviously, because they had a Beastman, and I, I believe that he was Beastman in the original but movie. Honestly, you know what? I do think and I would not go CGI with Beastman. I would do no, um, you prosthetics. Don't have to. Yeah. Prosthetics, I mean, you get Rip Baker out of retirement, that dude could make you the perfect Beastman. But I... I Feel process. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. I want to see accurate, or at least close to mm-hmm. accurate uh, representation of characters I actually know, not these new guys. Although I will admit, I did, I do like Blade. I want to see a transformation sequence. Mm-hmm. Okay, a good one, one that's worthy of filmation, because. That blew me away the first time I saw it. Right. So you want to see this live action? Live action. And I can't wait to see it in Revelations. I hope they do it justice. I want to see that and just have a good overall master's story. Good. So you You didn't say say craziness. So no Courtney Cox in the the cast of Friends. I don't want to see him leave Eternia. Yeah. I came for Eternia. I I want to stay in Eternia. So if the live action... If they did one, if Adam is the same age, but he's just not as muscular, and when he transforms, he becomes muscular. You, does Bobby? I could, no, I could live with that. I've seen right. it in the comics. They've done it in in uh, Rob David's issues. So let's go with this final thought on this theory. I think you needed one more thing in that live action description. Battle Cat and Orca. Well, without a doubt, Battle Cat. How they do it. I don't even know. No, he has to be CGI. He'll get eaten. Yeah, for some scene, I wouldn't go full CGI because for any up close scenes, you can do animatronics. You get Jim Henson in there. Um, I think that was the issue with like um, Dragonheart that you never saw a, a full dragon, and, and that's what was successful about the first Jurassic Park. 
they are robots, but they are animatronics. And when they blend, they put the scenes together, you almost didn't, couldn't tell. And if you do that right, you're going to not have a problem. I would love to see a live action Grandamere. The, the dragon? Okay. The so, dragon. What you forgot to add. Well, I think you were like this. This is what I think they would be a nice nod. Somehow in that movie. Well, I guess I don't know. Well, Dolph Lundgren needs to be in it. He has to have a cameo. King Randor. Right okay, so now. King Randor. Yes. It would be cool. Or maybe at the end of the movie, in so a future shot where he's King He-Man. Oh. Very and, it's, nice. and it's suddenly Dolph Lundgren or something. But yeah, I think I can see he, that. he deserves that cameo. You know, it's, Well, yes. But you know what? I was listening to... Um, Joe Amato, he's one of the guys at the Fans of Power podcast. And I love the King He-Man action figure. However, there is a huge debate. And if they're listening, I'm on their side with this. He should be referred to as King Adam because he does eventually give up the sword to his son. So so I'm gonna re- I've been referring to him as King Adam. I mean, even when well, the so figure came out. You I mean was, not King He-Man? Call him King Adam. Right. I think King He-Man was a marketing attempt to entice people. Yeah. You know, to, get, to get people to know because people who aren't Masters fans, and even though he was a special I don't know figures, much. Uh, even though he was the special yearly figure, you know, I he should have been called King Adam. Here's a theory too. I'm just throwing this out there. Yeah. Let's just say they did something where they called him King He-Man. In a way, tell me if I'm wrong. Doesn't it kind of go against the point? Like, He-Man shouldn't be King. Adam should. Right. Because he turns into He-Man when necessary to fight. But as Adam, he could probably take care of a kingdom with diplomacy. Exactly. So, like, if he actually stays He-Man, that's almost like keeping the one ring from Lord of the Rings for yourself. Isn't that, like, too much power to have as a king? Well, here's the argument I've heard. You need that secret identity. Because, you know, if everybody knew he was King He-Man, like, 24-7, you know, he can take up Eternian hostages and be like, you know, bring me King He-Man now or I'm killing all these people. Whereas Adam, they don't really see him as a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he may lose the goofiness that he had as a prince and, you know, maybe step up and do some diplomacy. Right. But he can't be He-Man 24-7. He needs that downtime. He needs needs that secret identity. It's not, but it sort of reminds me of these books I've been reading um, by Terry Brooks. They're called the Landover series. And so the the king um, actually came from Earth. You have to read the first book. He um, sees an ad in the Christmas catalog to buy a kingdom and to be king, and that's what he does. And when he wears his chain, um, the king turned to the paladin, and the paladin is the king's protector. But the king, King Ben, is always worried, is will the paladin one day, that draw to become the paladin, to fight, be too much... Um, to, to, to withstand, you know, could he, you know, he, he, he was a, a, a former attorney, so he's, you know, he's very good at helping, but like, does, 
do you rely on that muscle too much where sometimes it might just take reasoning to be a king? So it's, I guess it doesn't really, they're good books anyway. I'll put it that way. So it sort of reminds me of that, but a lot of times when I talk things out, they don't sound like anything. I think our listeners come back for you. No. <laughs> they're like, uh, Sam muted. Jesus. I don't think so. Not at all. So, um, we uh, we were discussing this before. Um, just want to mention Ghostbusters coming out. Um, I have a good feeling a bit about it more with um, I've been recently released a video with Bill Murray, and Murray hadn't seen anything yet, and he showed him a clip of Paul Rudd with the the marshmallows, and um, Bill Murray was laughing. And I actually said to Ivan Reitman, it has a feel of the first movie. That really made me feel better about the movie. Not that I didn't feel good about the movie, but to get Bill Murray's like seal of approval, um, who for the longest time, and I was saying to you, Tom, like I've read that whenever Dan Aykroyd would send him a script and if he didn't like it, he'd shred it and send it back to, to him. Um, this- now let's flip, let's flip that question over now. Now, mm-hmm. if, all right, so Reitman Jr. is making a new Ghostbusters film. Right. Now, let's say Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Winston Zedmore. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, Ray Stance? No, the actor. Oh, Dan Aykroyd. The other one. Winston Zedmore. Oh, Ernie, Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Thank you. Yeah. Let's say none of them are coming back for this round. It's a whole new generation of Ghostbusters. How do you feel about that? We had that. <laughs> 2016 girls. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. okay, so... Here's, I mean, I think this movie might be like that in a way, even okay. though we got the original cast coming back. I have a feeling it's gonna be more about the young kids. Okay. But that that being said, I think if you do it right and you're paying like respect to the, if this is what the third movie is supposed to be. It's supposed to be like a a, a sequel to the right. second movie. So even if they weren't in it and it was same concept of them finding this and there somebody's a direct descendant to it, I really I think you just need honestly the first thing is the story. Cause if you don't have a story, you've got nothing. You can have a great story and then have a great movie, and then you could be like, you know, wouldn't it have been cool if they came back? And that's fine. But when you have a story that isn't a hundred percent, which I think is the problem nowadays with movies, um, you're getting 50% at the most. I don't know, maybe oh, more. Goodness. Maybe, oh, yeah. I mean, Kong and Godzilla, for instance. I mean, for Pete's sake, when you have Kong jump on off something like in Die Hard, that took me right out of the movie for a minute. I'm like, he looks just like Dyke in Die Hard. I'm like, I just fast forward to the fights. That's all was, I want. Yeah, to see. and that wasn't a fight. I'm like, what the heck? I was, so uh, here's something that bugged me a little bit. Not to sidetrack. No. Okay. So you remember how giant and huge and just like, I mean, King Kong was on the top of a skyscraper. Yeah. Okay. Now, picture a little girl, average height, trying to sign language, <laughs> and King Kong in his massivity. I don't know if that's a real word, but it is now. His super massive. Passivity. Size. Looks down at this tiny, tiny ant 
from his point of view. And she's, yeah. and she's signing him, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, no uh, offense to people with sign language. I was just trying to prove a point that he is so massive that he must see us as ants. Well, yeah, I don't know if he would actually read that, read her. Exactly. Yeah, either, her language. He, either that or he has, you know, Great super vision. eyesight. Yeah, he's. Yes. Mag- um, uh, yeah, magnify eyesight. I never thought of that. that that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, that, that always bothered me. That I mean, take- I get it. It's the human story and it's cute. But-, <laughs> but the issue with that is, though, when something like that, if it pulls you out of the movie for a moment, Right. That's not good storytelling. Yeah. Um, the flip well, side I'm is. A well, yeah, and that's no, but that's fine. But you, you know, you write, so that's why. Yeah. But the flip side is sometimes we got to go into a movie, and it be like, okay, it's gonna be a movie. There are gonna be some things that are stupid because it's just impossible. Right. But you know, like, but again, I think you let them slide. Yeah, and I think if that movie had a better story. Because I felt I've only having only seen Skull Island in this movie, and I was still like, "What?" You know, like I, I just if you came into the Avengers, the first one, have I not seen any of the other movies? I feel like you still would have been able to follow that movie. Okay, so right. if you didn't see Cap or Thor or any of that, so this is kind of like they're Avengers in a way. This is what they were building at. You should be able to go into that movie not having seen them. If you did, you're going to get more out of it. But if you didn't, you should still be able to follow along. I mean, that's kind of like how I feel about it. I don't know. I I think there's too many humans in all those stories. I I could care less about the humans. Yeah, if it's called the monster verse, I want to see more than two monsters or three at the most. Let me ask you this. Godzilla, lizard or dinosaur? Lizard. He was too much lizard net. He is supposed to be a dinosaur. From what I remember, he was okay. a T Rex. That's right? what I, I've been. I've been debating people about this. People are like, "No, he's a lizard." I always no. thought from like his spikes and all that. I thought he was a dinosaur. Well, here's the thing: the suit. When you have a guy in a suit, he definitely looks like a T Rex. With or without the spikes, because he's sta- he's bi- bipedal. He's well. I don't care about the suit. Like I but care about the character. They made him too lizard-like in this one. That's I how felt. I felt about that that last Godzilla movie, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Now, I kind of see him as a radioactive dinosaur, T Rex, right? Because I believe the intention was it was supposed to be the effects of like World War II or something like that, and that's what. I- created or somehow affected Godzilla to give him the fire breath and, and all that stuff. I could be wrong. I'm not an expert in Godzilla, but um, how about yeah. dragon dragon? He does breathe is fire. He dragon? Well, he, he is a theory I have always had because when they first discovered dinosaur bones, you know, however far back, how do they know unless you find one completely intact I didn't know what that creature looked like. And now I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step out of into weirdness here. Maybe we're wrong about dinosaurs. Maybe that was actually a dragon. That'd be cool. That'd be very freaking cool. Now, there's one more thing before. So Jurassic Park, the first one, had a lot of um, paleontologists as advisors. 
and you have to. Right. You need that kind of thing. And in the first movie, it was um, the big debate. Not a big debate, but it was about you know, dinosaurs, um, the re relatives of birds, descendants, which okay. I, I, I believe very much. In that movie, between the first two movies, we learned in the first one, their eyesight is based on movement. And by the second one, it's not. So science continued on and the discoveries the paleontologists have been making was like, you know, I, I don't think that's true. And we found more proof in the past couple of years of dinosaurs actually being covered with feathers or like a downy coat compared to, to their scales. Finally, just recently I read, I think in Jurassic Park to say they clocked a T-Rex at 65 miles per hour, I think. They do say they clock him at something that he's, he's quite fast. From what I read just recently on a, on, a, on a website about dinosaurs was that the T-Rex actually would probably only be as fast as a human walking or so. So that's at top speed. I mean, he's a big dude. And that they were saying the amount of T-Rexes in the world through those 65 or 60 whatever million years. Um, I think there was like something billion, but they didn't live together at that time. So like the state of, um, I think Washington would maybe fit two T-Rexes because you got to figure the size of the dinosaur in an area and all the food you would need. You know, I, I think I'm going off on a tangent to edit that out. <laughs> Let's get into the news. Nice. Uh, so you want me to take the first one? He man. So this is the Revelations comic. Um, yes. This would be f comic focuses on the Orlax, which is the creature. It's not a Dr. Seuss character, by the way. Kind of sounds like. Dr. No, Seuss. they would have canceled them. This one's okay. The creature that is this is the creature that lives in Castle Grayskull in the Dungeon Grate. Um, as I asked you before, that was like that sticker at the bottom of the, of the Castle Grayskull yes. playset. Uh, and this will be out in July. Uh, and Super Seven's rug. They made a rug out of that. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. A natural rug. A rug. Do you have it? No, it's too expensive. Oh, that is kind of cool, though. I have no place to put it. That is. A, oh, yeah. It's a beautiful rug. Uh, I mean, uh, and good quality, too. Oh, you know, it would be cool. Oh, it would make sense. I'd say if you hang it as a tapestry, but it would make sense as a it's tapestry. Too thick. Yeah. yeah, it would have to be thick. on the floor. Yeah. That's actually kind of cool. I didn't know that. So Masters of the Universe Revelations, a Dark Horse comic, is based on the upcoming Netflix show by Kevin Smith and Rob David. Finish. Now, not too crazy about the artwork on the cover right now, but I'm looking at the regular cover. This cover, however, by Mike, Mike Mignola, Mignola. Masterpiece. Right here. Now, the other cover, is that the interior artist? Or no? I don't know. As okay. of right now. I don't okay. know if... Okay, so I know Tim Sheridan is the writer on this. Okay, he yes, he's and Rob David. He's okay. also he's also a writer on the Netflix show. So I'm going to say Mindy Lee was the artist on this, right? I and maybe right. Rico Renzi was the inker, possibly. Yeah. And Darren Bennett might have been the colorist. So maybe, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, Go back to the other cover. I'm not too crazy about how Tila looks on this cover. Evil yeah, it, looks all right. Skeletor looks good. Skeletor looks good. Evil, um, I'm sorry, Tila's got a got a odd angle. Yes. So that's a He-Man 
I don't like the fact that he's he's almost looking down too much, so okay. you can't really like get a good look at his face, and he's almost too far back. I mean, he should really be almost up front for. Well, I think I yeah, I think that's a artistic thing. Like, could go to the trying to get everybody the next cover for a moment. Uh, the Manoia. This is very interesting. It's awesome. I love the, it. That orange really pops like right out. Um, Skeletor is pretty, pretty interesting looking. He is. He looks like uh, someone Hellboy would meet. Yeah, yeah. So, He-Man's knee is really weird, though. Uh, but uh, so, would you get this cover? Just the one you go for? I'm getting both. I'm, okay. I'm a crazed He-Man fan, but yes. So, um, the creature that lives inside Castle Grayskull is somehow tied to the Power Sword. So that's kind of weird. Yes. But we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah. This new comic will be released in July. So it is a prequel to the show. So I'm thinking hopefully August we'll see, or maybe late July we'll see Netflix with the show. How many issues? Is this a one issue? I don't know yet. No one's okay. ever. Might might be. I might, have, I, I might have skipped it. I mean, it does say number one, so who knows? Right. And then in other book news, so we, the rebooted He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, the kids show, is also coming out with a book. Now, this book is said to be an introduction to the characters in the world of Eternia. You can find it on Amazon for pre-order with a release date of October 5th of this year. So around the same time, I'm assuming the reboot's coming out on Netflix. It's interesting. It's an interesting cover in a way. This is not the official cover. This is oh, just, okay. a just a logo. Right, okay. The promo poster. And Wave 5 of Masters of the Universe Origins has been announced. And it will include Evil Lynn in her 2000X colors with a 2000X logo on the card. This merman reminds me of the 8-back, the original 8-back. This is what he should have looked like in the vintage. So he's coming out. Fisto and Faker with a vintage-style He-Man head, not the wrestling head the regular figure comes out with. So here's Evelyn in her 2000X colors. She you should not know a second head. but You said it has an X on it somewhere? Where? No, 2000X. Um, so He-Man came out and he, he got a reboot in 2000. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought so, you meant maybe they had like a something on the card saying that. Yeah, right there, that sticker. That's the 2000X logo. And then Merman. here's the... Uh, I'm going to call him 8-back head Merman. It's where's good that they... That where's they the sword? It's probably behind him, but yeah. this could be just a publicity show. Yeah, that's true. Too. And then here's Fisto. Now, he's already sold out, folks. Wow. So you may want to find him at Entertainment Earth because Big Bad Store got a ton of them, and all the pre-orders are out. Why is he so popular? Because he's Fisto. No. Uh, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Like, no, was there ever Fisto is a very popular character. Really? Look, but what you, is... know what I, you know what I think it is also? What? The customization features on this line. Like, I'm sure that fist can come off and you could put it on any character, especially oh. like a battle armor He-Man. Like so it's kind of like the Infinity Gauntlet in a way. 
Yeah, yeah, somewhat. Okay. So that's interesting. Somewhat. And then, sorry, folks, I can't really zoom in on this figure, but it's because he's fake. I do like the head, though. That, yeah, the head does look like the the old eighty style. Yeah, that's the head. You know, WWE He Man should have come out. It's funny. That's out of everything you mentioned, and you know, I wouldn't have noticed that. I wouldn't have known about the coloring for um, Evil Lynn, but the head did stand out for Faker. It kind of reminded me when I was a kid. I used to like squeeze their head, like you know, together. Oh yeah, if you had the soft one. The yeah, yeah. If you had the soft ones, exactly. Yeah. And speaking of Faker, our friend Rob McCallum is making a movie, a documentary about filmation entitled faking filmation and now the very nice james etock has included another tier on their kickstarter for faking filmation if you pledge 99 dollars and above not only will you see your name in the credits but you'll also receive a faker model sheet the model sheet's pretty cool oh sorry my throat is dried up yeah, really cool. And this is a figure accurate faker. You know, please support this. It's a great tale. I can't wait to see it. Take the next one. Uh, so you got wave six. Um, I guess this is a uh, He Man. We're talking yeah, it's wave a six. Orange, the origins. So uh, the Green Goddess Web Store. This does, um, I don't know if this was a typo, but Beatman or Beastman? Beastman and his Lord of Power. Lords of Power, okay. And a Deluxe Buzz. Oh, I'm sorry. Deluxe Buzzsaw, Hordak, and the Wind Raider. Correct. Um, I apologize for my reading on that. I was a little confused with some of them. Um, So So Hordak, this is just a a variant. Okay. He has a a Buzzsaw popping out of his chest. uh, I'm actually, I was thinking of Buzz Off. No. And uh, what's Beastman, Lords of Power? So originally when Masters was conceived, they were going to call it the Lords of Power. Oh, okay. They uh, sculpted the original figures, but someone said it was sounded too religious, so they decided on Masters of the Universe. I'm going to be honest with you. I think it's a good title. I did not think of that. I was thinking of, you know, like the Lords of Kingdoms and... All of them are in. Or well, it, later on, there is there is a toy line called the Power Lords. Yes, yes. I'm just. Uh, I wasn't the first thing that came to mind when when, you know, I was actually like, wow, when you said that. Uh, Mondo has said that Keldor was their fastest selling figure, and Hordak is coming soon. That is a great picture. I can't wait. Now is, the lighting on that is superb. I have seen two versions of this figure coming from Mondo. I've seen this version. That's a nice picture too. He's in um, vintage toy colors, the white face. He's not only that armor. He's like up in your face in this picture. Yeah, that's how I wanted it. I love this picture. This is a great picture. And the second version is the Filmation Shira blue version, hmm. where he has white head. Um, Black armor, blue arms. You know what I like about this? At least this picture of his face is you got the white and then you got the gray. 
Um, that is a really cool looking character. I just love, yeah, I just love his whole aesthetic. Yeah. Like the face is the face is gorgeous. I mean, well, not. I've always said this is the definitive. You wouldn't want to take him home. He's gorgeous, but he's. A really I do cool. want to take him home. <laughs> That's right. As soon as Mondo says so, <laughs> he is really looking. He's almost like he is evil incarnate. Yeah, like a That's skeleton or a I'll orc never or something. I'll never forget, and I told this to Joe Amato. I'll never forget the first time I saw Hordak. It was the commercial Skeletor's coming out, and then all of a sudden Hordak shows up, and Skeletor just stopped in his tracks and ran the other way. I was like, "There's something more evil than Skeletor." He's like the Emperor to Darth Vader. He's he like, is uh, that, exactly. He's um. Melkor to Sauron or Morgoth and, and somebody in Lord of the Rings I forget was higher than Sauron. I just and, um, thought that's I cool. Just thought he's the epitome of evil. That's why I love the Horde so much. Did He Man ever fight him so much? Uh, too much on the Christmas special and when uh, he found Adora. You know when you have somebody that cool looking and who's supposed to be that much of a villain, you got to pick your big guy up against them. Yeah, I wasn't too crazy about the goofiness on him on Shira, but I, I understand why they did it. But so quick question. If they put a He-Man movie out, not Skeletor, but they put Hordak in it. In the sequel. Okay, that makes sense. That Hordak and the evil yes. horde. Yes, that is a good are you guys listening or, to tell? Or no, no, I could see him as the sequel, but yeah, I think the, you're right. The Thanos, the big baddie, mm-hmm. Horde Prime. Who? Horde Prime. What's the difference, or who is that? So Horde Prime is actual—he's the Emperor. Okay. Hordak would be like Darth Vader, and Vader would be like Tarkin in this kind of lineup. For all intents and purposes of this, you know, like Tarkin kind of bossed Vader around in New Hope. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, of. no. I mean, you know. no, no, uh, no. Hordak is straight up number two. I did not know that. I thought he was. I thought he was number one. I didn't know that actually. Yeah. So there's what Horde is his name? Prime. Horde Prime. Horde Prime. Okay. What does he look like? Well, that's an interesting question. So there's <laughs> been a couple of them. So in uh, the filmation series, he's just an electronic hand with some like smoke and you know some robotic parts and stuff. Yeah. The Horseman for classics basically did Hordex face, but in red. That's kind of cool. With you know some some Galactus looking Jack Kirby armor, yeah, yeah, it was very. I mean, the Horsemen knew what they're doing. They're you know fans first, and then there was a uh, magazine British version. I believe it was a British magazine where he had tentacles or antennae. Excuse me, he had antennae coming out of his head. Hmm. He looked more human in in that version. Interesting. You're a font of knowledge, Tommy. I love this line. This line has been with me since I was, you know, since I came out. <laughs> so this is actually really cool. The Mutel creation Shogun Warriors Skeletor. He is priced at three hundred, um, and but... can be found on Mattel Creations website. This when I actually saw this, I I was first thing I thought was it was it was excellent. And it made me think um, 
of my brother because we had two Shogun Warriors when we were kids. And this is so cool. And I think it lends itself well to, to Skeletor. I think a trap drawer will look awesome. Oh, yeah. But I don't know about it, He-Man, how his face will look. So, but this is really cool. I mean, he's got the little missiles on the leg, and I'm, I'm assuming his hand fires. And yes, it's just really. Cool. I mean, this goes back to Mattel's original line, the Shogun Warriors. Oh, they put that out. Okay, yeah, very cool. This is so. It's, this is actually really nice. I'm. Mean, it's expensive, but it's really nice. Oh yeah, this look great for anybody's collection. Yeah. Even a uh, toy historian. I mean, this is great. It's very cool. Three hundred dollars. Yeah. So, Tommy, tell us about the Factory Entertainment. Factory Entertainment has announced a limited edition prop power sword. Now, this is the power sword that is based on the vintage figure, not the filmation version. 40 inches long. Look how and, and made of steel. That's incredible. I like the display. Oh, it's the shield. Yeah, that's nice. I also like the box it comes in. Wow. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of the 2000 Xbox when the sorceress presented Adam with the power sword for the right. first time. Except it's the Castle Grayskull symbol, not the asterisk. Mm. Now, so, this pre-orders are open now. $549.99 will be released January, February 2022. That is very cool. Now, as cool as this sword is, folks, there are other people. Now, I met this gentleman, Josh, from Blast Replicas. He also created his own Masters of the Universe power sword, which I have right here. It is a beautiful replica of the filmation sword. You know, I'm gonna take the wheel from this for a second. Yep. And look how beautiful this is. Very nice. It is beautiful. I fell in love with it. And Josh, incredible, incredible designer and and you know, creator. He also makes uh, the sword of omens, both versions, the small Dagger when the Eye of Thundera is asleep, and the big one when Lionel, you know, needs his friends. So you can find him. I'm sure he'll be at PowerCon again this year, but you can look up Blast Replicas on Facebook and you know you can put in your order for something. Now the this version, Factory Entertainment, $549. My filmation one, loving it, nowhere near the price. Although it should be for this amount of quality, but it's not. And now let's get into some interesting, not interesting, but like some out there stuff. Like, did you know He-Man had his own coffee? I, well, I, I got to the site. <laughs> I do now, not know. I, I don't know if this is an official thing, but. It does say Masters of the Universe, and it is manufactured by the Weird Brothers Coffee House in Virginia. You know what? You know what flavor it smells like? I have no idea. Eternia. 
What does Eternia smell like? I have no idea. You have to buy the coffee. <laughs> you have to buy the coffee. Gotcha. Oh, that's a good plug. <laughs> plug, plug. Uh, this is actually, I'm not a coffee kind of person, but it's kind of neat. Yeah, I love weird stuff like this. Mm. I, may, I may pick up a bag. Now, there's also Masters of the Universe candy. Do you have a picture of it or no? I'm looking. This is going to be interesting. This is all jumbled. I mean, it's just a candy bar. Candy with bar. The logo or some kind of picture. Here it is. Yeah, it's just the candy gotta, bar that, with the art right. back by um, Axel, on, um, the, 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 Axel the Jimenez. On, the one on top looks like a Wonka bar. It's so big. And yeah, it's a pound of chocolate. That's really, powerful pound of chocolate. <laughs> and and the smaller one, so we got um, Skeletor dark chocolate and He-Man is milk chocolate. These are really nice um, pieces of art on them. These are really cool. And you know what? More and more, I, I've been seeing um, candy bars for um, things. You know, there's been like Ghostbuster candy bars and, you know, South Park and all these different um, brands that, that are doing candy bars. So, you know. And Ghostbusters has a new cereal now, too. I thought I was for something like that. Yeah, I was. A, I loved that cereal as a kid. Yeah, so you know what? I really want to eat one of these candy bars right now. Yeah, now is a great time to be a Masters of the Universe fan. Yeah, I, I, these are exciting times. It, it honestly, it really is. I'm a little jealous because um, there's so much that for you guys that it's just like, oh man. Yeah, they're up there with Turtles and Transformers now. They're making a comeback. The Toitles. So, um, yes. Super 7 has sent out another tease for their Ultimates line. Who is it? What is it? Well, this one we know. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he, <laughs> And actually, we know the other one, too. I don't have a picture of it. but This is a good picture. It is Samurai. Well, this picture we're looking at is mm -hmm. Krang. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you for, for those not viewing. Now, now the Ultimates line is based on the Playmates. So I'm wondering if he's going to come in his robotic bubble with the legs. Hmm. Or if he's, you know, or if Super 7 is going to surprise us with a full body crane. Like in the cartoon. But I doubt it because I don't think Playmates ever did one. I could be wrong about that, though. Hmm. Would be cool, though. <clears throat> And, right. and then there's also a Samurai Leo for Ultimates. Okay. Now, here's something I really want to get into with Ultimates. I want a Usagi Jimbo figure. I mean, a really good one. Now, now he's he Usagi's getting his own Netflix show also. Okay. So maybe so when that comes we're out. Gonna, yeah, we're going to see some Usagi stuff, and I can't wait. Okay. Stan Sakai and his rabbits, man. I'm hooked. Speaking, so, here's uh, another line that I'm hooked on. Mesco's 112 up for pre-order right now is Ultraman. $108. He comes with two heads, light-up features. A ton of hands. Yeah, 12 pairs of hands. Light-up eyes and chest timer features. You know what I would love to see them do in the 112? Oh, wow. That's really nice with the cape. I love the cape. I would really like to this movable brothers mantles. I don't know much about Ultraman, so I'm just kind of 
learning as, as I'm discussing. But now here's something cool too: breakaway buildings. So like for for fights and stuff like that. Yeah. That's a smart idea. That's an incredibly smart idea. I mean, I would love to see them do a one. What is the one twelve Jet Jaguar from um from Godzilla? Hmm. He um, uh yeah he helped Godzilla fight in a couple of movies. He's like he looks like kind of Ultraman. He, that's what Ultraman always reminds me of. Um, but yeah, that's that's me throwing that out there. So yeah, one hundred and eight dollars right now on mezco.com. Good stuff. Here's some more good stuff from Lego. Yeah, this is cool. We have um, on coming out, I believe May fourth. We got yep. Arch D two. Um, we have an Imperial, Imperial Probe Droid, yeah. Which and the uh, Scout Trooper helmet, as well as Darth Vader. All uh, one ninety nine each. I'm gonna say, out of all of them, I just wish Vader's helmet was a little bit bigger. But you want to put it on, don't you? Yes. Well, actually, I was thinking of like just the because it has like that samurai shape to it. I kind of would like to see it come out. Yes. More. Yes, but that's what, the first time I saw it. That's what I thought. It just looks like actually no. It, it does look like the the old Kenner figure. If you want, you know, as a point of reference, um, it is cool though. I, I wouldn't have the patience to build this thing. I could tell you. But it also, is cool. also coming out from the Black Series, the fiftieth Lucasfilm anniversary Star Wars figures, based on the animated Clone Wars show. Nice. So here we have Anakin, Echo, Pilot. Uh, oops, sorry, Hawk. Clone yeah, pilot. pilot Hawk and everyone's favorite general. Nice, he's got the armor on. Obi Wan Kenobi. The only thing this thing is missing is the robe with the armor. Would be so sweet. Yes, it reminds me of that the, scene from uh, the Gendy Tartakovsky yes, exactly. show yes. where he takes it off and it lands on our uh, yeah. PO. Well, yeah, that was Anakin, but yes, yeah. Oh, was was, wasn't he? Yeah, no. I mean, he did. Oh, wear, he did wear this armor with, with uh with the cloak. He it just it's just so cool looking, you know. Like he, uh, it's just it's I, it's all it's just so cool looking. Yeah, I love the that he has a symbol on his arm. Yeah, right there on his shoulder. Yeah, that is a cool symbol. Yeah. So here's something interesting. So May 18th, Major Blood from the Classified line is set to be released. Okay. And then a few minutes later, or not a few minutes later, but Marvel Pulse on their premium Pulse website thing also had Firefly and Viper available for the classics line, or classified line, excuse me. Both those figures sold out in two, in less than two minutes. That's incredible. That's crazy. But here's my question. Why is it why is Hasbro making these figures so hard for GI Joe fans? That's a question. You know, they should, they should take this knowledge, especially these crazy sellouts. Cause let's face it. Half of them are going to end up on eBay. Yeah. I know somebody got a hold of this major blood 
And he's like two grand right now. Holy smokes. Well, you know, like the fact that it's been released yet. The fact that it sells out that quick should be an indication that people there's a demand want these, for it. Yeah, yeah, people want these figures. So and they should make them available. I mean But this is like a, a discussion we've had a well, lot about things. Right. But I mean this is this is sales one oh one, you know? The demand is there. Right. Now it's time to meet. You know, I, I I'm Yeah, that's uh, wild. Yeah, I really, I'm, I'm really feeling for these GI Joe collectors because I mean they're a great bunch of guys and sure. they're very passionate. You know, I mean they should be able to get these figures. I mean, well, let's yeah. face it, I, I would, you know, I'd go crazy if there was a special trap jaw figure I couldn't get my hands on. Oh sure, uh, you know, like I, I think regardless of what it is you collect, uh, every collector knows that feeling. You know, it's like, oh man, that's all that on you. You know, it's like. We've all been there, and it's that hurts. I don't know. I, I'm thinking we need a Toys R Us back. Yeah, but you know, even if there was, and if it was run properly, would Hasbro's stop putting things like um, exclusively like that, or and, and stock the store, or would they still do it and have like um, an exclusive that sells out in two minutes? I think they'd do both. Yeah, to be honest with you, Pro- probably. Yeah. And speaking of things coming back, hopefully we'll be back in the movies, starting with Black Widow, and then moving on to Shang-Chi. Yes. And, yeah. Marvel Legends and Hasbro has released the images. And believe it or not, they're saying that these figures should be available in the fall. Now, I've already seen the Shang-Chi figure out in Walmart. Interesting. Crazy. But here's our hero, Shang-Chi. These are great-looking figures. Yeah. Very de- very, very high quality. And I love this. Um, actually, I'm jumping ahead. So the line will include Shang-Chi, Wing Wu, Death Dealer. Another great-looking figure. Oh, yeah. Wow, that is sweet-looking. Beautiful. It's almost like... A- Cobra Commander colors. Yes. So Wing Wu. That's cool looking. Who has 10 rings. Yeah. That makes me think of Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> the, the rings like that. That's. Now, here's Xiao Ling. Now, this is a beautiful figure, and I'm going to tell you why. She. I don't know if you can see it on, you know, for you YouTube viewers, but. Her texture on her shirt is yeah. reminiscent of like a, a basketball. Yes. That type of feel. Now, look at the black line work on her yeah. suit. Almost looks like silk or something. It, it Yes. It like really pops. So this is a beautiful figure. I mean, even if she wasn't a Marvel character, this is a great action figure. Yeah. Like they've really, they really wanted to do something special. And I think they did it. I think this movie is going to be really good. Um, I, I enjoyed the trailer, and it has that um, kung fu feel. Um, oh, what was that movie, uh, Tom? Do you remember? Um, but the sword. Jet Li was in it. Yeah, I don't watch that. Sorry. Yeah, it just the the fighting in the movie looked really really interesting. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to this movie. 
Oh, the hidden tiger stuff? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes, thank you. Yeah, crouching tiger. Yes. And here's Katie. And she comes with a creature accessory here. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Must be must be just for the movie. But here's another great looking figure, too. And it's round off the line. AI oh, Iron Man. That's pretty sweet. And Civil Warrior. Now, why did they inject these two extra characters? Uh, for the think, build a figure, right. Mr. Hyde. He is actually pretty cool looking. He is. Another great. I mean, they're really stepping up their game with this wave. It's something like you haven't seen before, the way they did his face. He's got the mutton chops and the bowler hat. He, he's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so, according to Hasbro, there should be releasing in the fall. But like I said, they're popping up in stores now. Let's move on to some NECA news. Very exciting. Here, you can take this one. So, Here. coming from NECA, we have <laughs> Anthrax and Scumbag. Week 3. It, it is the weirdest thing to read out loud. Uh, there we are. Thank you. These are part of the NECA store exclusives. Could you imagine as a so kid this is week three. putting on your, your Christmas list like, yeah, I want Scumbag for Christmas. And Anthrax. And Anthrax. And the parents are like, what the hell is wrong with this kid? Like, this is a crazy name. Um, yes. Nick is doing some great stuff with the animated show. I mean, they're yeah. going in deep. These colors I mean, are in deep. I mean. Deep? I think I think each of these characters only showed up in one episode. I could yeah. be wrong. But, but look at the coloring on them as well. Oh, these are beautiful. Typical, yeah. you know, typical neck of fashion. But, yeah. I mean. These are very nice. Gorgeous. And speaking of something else that's gorgeous, April O'Neil did her coverage this week and showed us her April O'Neil figure packaging. That's actually kind of cool. Like it's a it. nice motif, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's basically the scene where April's talking to police chief, mm-hmm. upsetting him. And <laughs> this was from I guess Shredder's hideout from right, his point of view. It's a knife in the TV. There's, right. There's multiple TVs and a knife right through it. Yeah. That's so cool. She also said this week that it is confirmed there will be a maskless Casey Jones figure coming soon. Nice. So hopefully we don't have to wait much longer before we can get an April O'Neil figure and a massless Casey Jones figure. Yeah. Now, here's something that's close to Ian's heart. I knew he's excited for this, if I could find it. But NECA also announced their Universal Monsters line. Here we go. Yes. So we have the Frankenstein monster um, in black and white, two additional heads. Um, now this here's what's really cool. He's got um, looks like three sets of hands in total, I believe. Chains, um, you know, handcuffs and chains for the wrist. But he comes with the little flowers that the girl was playing with by the lake. That is like a really cool little touch. Uh, and then this will be released in black and white and in a color version. Yep. Um, and coming which, soon, which will be nice in color. I can't wait to see that. And coming soon, the mummy, werewolf, and vampire. Ah, very nice. Now, if they just throw in a 
Didn't that could do the Gill Man yet? The who? Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, I think that was Super 7. All right, so if NECA does one, man, you got like your Universal Classics right there. I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. I'm sure. Because, I mean, they're they're doing deal they're doing deals with the Bella Lugosi Foundation. I mean, it's... For likeness, yeah. You know what I would really love to see NECA do? What's that? A, just like this, Young Frankenstein. Gene from... Wilde. The movie. Oh, okay. Right? Oh God, if they can, that would look that would look great. You know what I found out the other day? Mel Brooks's son mm-hmm. has a comic book out. What was it? Uh, oh, um, uh, they made a movie about it with um, World War Z. Yes, thank yeah. you. Oh, so you well, didn't know? Well, because I knew about the book. I, I knew he wrote the book, but I didn't know about the comic part. Yeah, yeah, yeah he I did all that. He's written. He did another book. I, I can't remember what the second book was about. I want. I want to say it's about Bigfoot, but I could be wrong. But yeah, his son does write. And you know what's interesting um, about Mel Brooks was that he produced um, the Elephant Man. Yes. And he would not have his name on it because he didn't want it them to think it's going to be a comedy. And when they were when they were releasing um, or doing Young Frankenstein, they the studio didn't want it in black and white, and they they were like, we're gonna. We'll do it in color, and then we'll release a black and white one. And he was like, no, you're not. You're not going to release it in black and white. This thing's going to be just black and white and no color. Um, and I'm so like glad. Clerks. Yeah. yeah. but and, and, I mean, Clerks was more of, like, probably a financial reason. Young Frankenstein was like, he wants us to look like those classic movies. And uh, I would love to see toys on, you know, see uh, NECA produce those toys. So here's something I'm looking forward to. Michael Mitnick is writing The Muppet Man for Disney+. Plus. It's the life story of Jim Henson. Yeah, I, I read about that. It's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I can't wait. I wonder how much, um, you know, like, you see spending time with the kids to learn, you know, like, and, and you know, to get the history of, of Jim Henson and his, you know, his ex-wife for the, you know, for all these things you want to learn about him. Right. Yeah. That, whoever's going to play Jim Henton, they got big so, shoes. Yeah. I mean, just his voice is always so peaceful. It's one of the things I like about it. He's just got a beautiful voice, so calm. So, what, what a, that's great. So, Disneyland's getting ready to open. Yeah. But, you need Mickey's to know con- before you go. Mickey's confused right now because oh. apparently there's a, a loophole where people are actually going to be able to get into the park, even though they're not from California. I thought they were only doing locals at the moment. They're supposed to. But like I said, there is a reservation loophole right now. So, so yeah, so they don't know even what's going on. It's supposed to get clarified right before they open. Oh, boy. Um, You know what? I'm surprised that that happened because the way they – you know, reopened Disney World. I don't know why they just can kind of like follow in that process. But, yeah. I mean, I don't work for the company, so what do I know? And then I just wanted to give a special shout out and tribute to the late Michael Turner, a famous artist for oh, yeah. Top Cow and his own brand. He would have been uh, 50? 50 years old. I met him once in a convention. Super oh. nice guy. Always, you know, Always had time for fans. He had a really nice 
style and um beautiful style. I mean, look, most of his you know figures were were of the female form, and, and yes, they were all beautiful. Um, well, he had a uh, cancer, I believe, right? Yeah, in his head. And, and his hip, right? And I remember reading an article shortly, shortly after he uh, created his own comic imprint, Aspen. Yeah, um, I remember reading an article in a Wizard about that. Didn't he beat the cancer and it came back or something like that? A few times, yeah. Oh, they man. actually, I remember they actually removed most of his hip and used coral, didn't they? Was, yes, that's yeah. what that was the research he was looking into to replace yeah. bone with coral, which is incredible when you think yeah. about it. Um, but yeah, he very talented. I would just to think of the things he would have drawn, you know, continued to draw. It's very oh simple. yeah, I mean he he created his own world. I mean Aspen Comics was was up and coming, and he was up young and, up until his death. Yeah, he was very young when he when he passed. Yeah. And our last news item. Yes. So bring, bring back Tony Stark. What is this about? I, I was, you know what? Like, is this is this another one of those fans that are that stop being a fan and want to take ownership of what they've invested their time and money in? Let's say. I don't really have an answer. I mean, it could be, it could not be. Um, or I'm gonna throw this out there. Throw it. Throw it. Is it Mar DC or well, Marvel's I'm sorry. Boy. Is it Marvel trying to? Yep. No. Well, it's past the date of the 21st. So if anything. Well, yeah, that's be, when it went up. So if this is a idea from Marvel to get a response, that's an interesting way of gathering. Um, Info, feed, yeah. yeah. Could you imagine Robert Downey Jr. did it? That would be interesting too. Yeah. That'd be a nice twist. That, um, I, you know what? Well, just have you gone to the site or the hashtag or anything? I haven't. I just found out about this a uh, couple of hours ago. So really, what what needs to be done is just, we'll have to keep an eye on it and see what comes of it. Really, yeah. If yeah. anything, cool. If if this is a marketing thing from Disney or genius, no, exactly. Yeah, this genius just, ploy. Um, I mean, even without Tony Stark, I'm looking forward to um, Armor Wars. Yeah. So thank you to Brian Salvatore for our intro and outro music. If you're in the market to find any action figures or sell some, let's beat the scammers, especially the ones at Evil Bay. And hashtag collectors helping collectors. You can help others, have people help you. Thank you to Scott Knightlick over at Spectre Creative. As you already know, we are now on YouTube. Please subscribe, hit that bell, and tell a friend. I also want to thank... Our followers. We're, lately, we've just been growing in popularity, and I want to thank everybody that's joined us. Hope you're sticking for the ride. I promise it is going to get better. But yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, on Twitter, Instagram, you know, especially YouTube. YouTube, our channel is growing in popularity. That's great. And I just want to throw out a special thanks to George Garza who just joined us as a subscriber. So thank you. Thank you, sir. It's, um, we are on well all, appreciated. all of your favorite. No, you're good. We are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. So Toylines is growing, especially with our number one hit. 
Rocketeer Radio. I, I thought you were going to say uh, people of Eternia. No. <laughs> uh, thank you for everybody who's been um, commenting on Instagram this past week on Rocketeer Radio. How um, was it? I'm sorry. I keep. Oh, sorry, no, go ahead. Go ahead. How was it interviewing Jennifer Stevens? I mean, did you ever think you were going to get her? No. So as a guest. No, I sent the letter to the Rocketeer Trust on a whim. I never thought I'd hear from them, and I did. And she was so kind to take her time um, to to first write back, and then to um. We, we we set up a time to discuss the interview and then to answer emails whenever I had an email, a question, um, and then to set the interview up. And I know she said she was nervous, but I, I actually think I was more nervous because um, that was like Rocketeer royalty to me. It was and, a fun interview. Oh, thank you. I was. I listened to it. I mean, oh, both of you. you were great. I really just wanted to get to know who Dave Stevens was as um as a person as a brother because you read you could read an interview and he'll discuss his career but i um you know when she was saying how he was upset that the parents left behind his rubber bug collection mm -hmm. uh, i i still love that um yeah so thank you um to everybody who's been commenting and and um following and more is on the way we got uh we got some things planned working on more interviews. We're going to do um, a viewing, Tom and I, of Rocketeer. Um, oh, we're talking about that. Yes. Yeah, I'm just going to throw gonna it out our, there. We're going to do our first live show. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with you, folks. I'm worried about the live part, but we are going to view the movie. So, yeah, we don't have a date set yet. We're still working on it, but I... Now, do Rocketeer have a director's commentary? No. Perfect. So, here you go. And there were scenes cut out as a uh, William Stout uh, confirmed for us. So, um, you know, there, I think there's a lot of history of the making of that movie that, you know, comes out in drips and drabs when you get to interview people. So these are the things I want to learn. These are the things I want to like Rocketeer radio to be about. So thank you to everybody and everybody, please also listen to people of Eternia. Um, I know Tom works very hard in this show. Um, you got some stuff planned, don't you? You don't have to tell us, but I know you got your work. We got some, things. yeah. We we have some fun stuff coming up, and PowerCon's coming up. I was so about to we'll ask you about that. that. Yes, that's I was about to ask you what your plans were for PowerCon and people of Eternia. So that that is awesome. Yeah, hopefully we can get some really good guests lined up. And so, you, do you think you'll do? Um, Kind of like a, a Toy Fair coverage of it, kind of let for oh, people yeah. who can't go. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. Um, I know, I mean, we're in the YouTube society. You know, everyone's going to be covering it, but, yeah. you know, hopefully I can make mine just a little bit unique for you to tune in. Yeah, bring, bring your vision. So that about wraps it up. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Toy Lines, Facebook, at Toy Lines. Instagram and Twitter, Rocketeer Radio, or you can follow us on People of Eternia. Or all three. Or all three. If you um, like. Go on. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, uh, I'm, Tom, I'm Tom Romero. And I mean myself. Play with your toys. 
Hi, I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And together, we host the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we debate who has the superior characters between Marvel and DC, which we help prove through stat-based simulations of battles between your favorite Marvel and DC characters. We also review the latest Marvel and DC films to hit theaters. We'd love to have you come listen as we have a blast every Tuesday. Check out Dynamic Duel at dynamicduel.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Did you watch the X-Men cartoon as a kid? Did you buy Spider-Man number one the day it came out? Did you collect superhero trading cards and action figures? Then have we got the podcast for you. That's right, it's Wizards, Wizards, the the podcast podcast guide to comics. The exciting show where Adam, that's me, and Michael, that's me, will take you through the 90s comic book boom through the pages of Wizard Magazine, one issue at a time. We have so much fun reliving that crazy time of chromium covers and speculative comic book buying. Plus, we get to see where this whole hubbub about superhero movies really began. So, we invite you to join us every other week on the Retro Network podcast feed. We can't wait to go back in time and uh, flip through those comic books you used to read. So, we'll see you then. And until next time, keep your books bagged and boarded. (laughs) 